Hey, hello, everybody. Welcome to Underlying Perceptions. I know it's been a minute. Had to go ahead and enjoy the holidays, but I'm glad to be back here with you at Room Service Radio. And today's topic is about to be on grief, you know, because um, I experienced the loss a couple days before uh, Thanksgiving. And, you know, 2021 just has been a year of trials and tribulations overall. And so today I just kind of want to go over, you know, what is grief? What are the stages of grief? And, you know, and I'll, I'll just go ahead and disclose some of my um, personal experiences with grief and loss and how that has impacted me mentally, uh, emotionally, and all those aspects of my life. So, you know, I just want to go ahead and just start by um, saying that, you know, uh, go to xcariga.com, go click on that knowledge tab. And when you do, please go ahead and read up on some of the uh, articles that, you know, that I was writing up and, you know, give me some feedback. Let me know what you think. Free knowledge on bettering your mental health and just psychoeducation, because that's pretty much what I'm providing on my platform is psychoeducation. So let's go ahead and just talk about some of the stages of grief. So um, the stages of grief, there's actually five of them and the five stages of grief, because, you know, grief is a universal thing. Um, before I go right to this topic, it's, it's universal. So, you know, the, to, the, the idea that we have to move on from it, um, it's just we, we will never move on from it, you know. Uh, I had read a quote where it said that grief is, is love without direction, you know. And I was like, man, that's a powerful saying. Like, that's just a powerful quote. And I was just thinking, like, you know, when you lose somebody you love that you was really close to, you know, you lose a piece of that human connectedness, um, it can put you in a, a cloud of emotions, honestly. Uh, the journey uh, of your life could be a little stagnant based on how, you know, grief impacts you, the loss impacts you. Um, grief and loss isn't necessarily just death. You know, it could be um, multiple things like a job loss, you know, or losing custody of your kids or a divorce and things of that nature. Like loss and grief, there's, you know, if it's something that's taken from you and is mentally, emotionally, and physiologically uh, impacting you, then, then you're dealing with grief and loss, you know. Um, they're, they're, you know, we can't determine that one person's trauma is not as serious as yours where everybody is dealing with um, grief and loss differently. People grieve differently. You know, some people laugh. Some people cry. Some people are depressed. Some people like to um, avoid it, avoid the feelings, you know, uh, don't want to believe in it. Uh, want to continue to live their life without um, actually, you know, feeling those feelings, allowing yourself to feel that feeling of loss and be able to express yourself in every way. And when you're not able to express it in a healthy way, what it does is it impacts you mentally, causing you to be in a rut. And sometimes in these situations, it could lead a person to feeling suicidal, homicidal, um, depressed. Uh, you You might develop um, of feelings of psychosis and, you know, multiple things because the brain is triggered in um, many ways when you're dealing with grief and loss, you know, like your brain is really impacted and your brain is connected to your body, you know, so organs get impacted. It, it can impact your health, you know, it can impact your health just as much as your mental health. So grief and loss. Yeah, that that's definitely the topic of discussion today because, um, you know, a lot of my friends on Instagram have been losing friends to, you know, gun violence. Um, you know, I lost I lost a bro of mine to a car accident, um, you know, and 
my community is, you know, is hurting about it. And I just feel like when the seasons come around, you know, that depression kicks in a little heavier. Uh, in my opinion, I feel that it kicks in a little heavier than the summertime because, you know, it's cold, you know. Um, sunlight isn't as out as it is in the summertime. So, you know, that also impacts us mentally and it impacts our brain and our functioning too. It can make things a little uh, somber, a little melancholy in our lives during these times. The holidays, you know, uh, there's many stress factors, you know, that go into play, such as, you know, trying to keep up with the holidays as far as gifts, you know, being able to provide for your family, keep up on bills, maintain a, a balance in your life during the holidays. And sometimes we don't we don't label it as depression or we don't label it. We don't give it a label, but we know we're feeling something that is weighing us down. Um, it's like the albatross is on your neck. You know, it's just you carrying this burden and you have to let go of this burden in order to feel liberated. So I feel like with grief and loss, it just has that 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 weight on. Uh, um, right now, as I'm speaking on, it has a weight on me. It's taking a toll on me in a way where I'm like, you know, life is short. Life is um also, you know, I won't say it's short. I, I would say it's pretty enduring, but it, it can be taken from you at any moment. You know, you just never know. Um. Uh, what to expect, you know, the next minute, the next second, the next day, you know, person that you was talking to <laughs> 10 minutes ago, you may not ever hear from them again, you know, and it's, it, it kind of puts a, you know, a paints a vivid image of what reality really is, the dark side of reality, you know, and it's something that we all experience as humans is grief and loss. So let's go ahead and talk about the five, five stages of grief. Um, stage number one, we have denial. Two, we have anger. Three, we have bargaining. Uh, four, we have depression. And five, we have acceptance. I I'm going to give you all examples of what those five stages are. Um, but yeah, if you go ahead and, you know, look it up, there's five stages of grief. And uh, with these stages, it's pretty much stating that it's something that we all encounter while dealing with grief and loss. We go through these stages and sometimes when we're in these stages, uh, our life becomes stagnant within this stage and it impacts us in many ways. You know, um, there's so many ways that it can impact you, you know, and from my experience, I know there's ways that it can impact me, too. So let's go ahead and talk about what denial is stage one of grief and loss. So right here is saying that. It's an overwhelming emotion, obviously. Um, but it's saying that you're like denial. Let me, let me put it to you. Let me put it to y'all like this. When, um, like when my grandpa died, I didn't want to believe it. I was in school, uh, when, that, when I got the phone call and already during that time period, you know, my, my grandpa was, you know, um, becoming decrepit because the, the cancer was eating him up. You know, uh, looking at my grandpa from what he used to look like back then to the time being when he had pancreatic cancer, um, it shook me, you know, because I was like, I never seen my grandpa like this. It's, it's weird. And I didn't really know how to, like, express the feeling, but I was really sad. I was really hurt. So I know that his time was was short. My, my mom and dad de decided to, like, move them out from, you know, the East Coast, which is where my grandma and my grandpa was residing. And... 
you know, uh, we moved them to us. You know, we're going to take care of my grandpa, my grandma. You know, that's what we're going to do, um, especially during this time. Like, you need to be around family. So we're, we're working on this house. The, the house is getting built in the backyard so we can have a place for them to, like, you know, move all their stuff in and stuff. But, you know, we already had, like, my grandpa's um, bed. We had a nurse that would come over. And then uh, I just knew time was coming because then he had to end up going to uh, the hospice or the hospital. And I was at school, and I got a phone call from my mom. Well, I got a phone call from the school attendant or whoever was at the front desk, the receptionist. I went there. I saw my mom, and she just looked at me. She didn't say nothing. And I could tell she wasn't trying to tell me at school, but I automatically started crying. I automatically started breaking down. The denial stage was me not believing that he was gone. That's, that's the stage. That's stage one. That's denial. I didn't want to believe that he was gone, you know, because I still felt like the time that I had with him wasn't enough. You know, he left my, he left my life at an early age. And I was like, ah, you know, this is crazy how mortality just hits so close to home where it's like, damn, like you just sit in reflection and wonder, like, why the hell did this happen? And I'm not believing it. You know, I didn't believe that he was gone for a minute. It's just it just felt like a void was in my life for sure. So letting y'all know that's that's a denial. That's an example of a denial stage is when you don't want to believe that the person is gone. That's one of many examples that I can give y'all on denial. Let's go ahead and move on to stage two, which is anger for sure. You know, um, hell yeah, I was angry. I noticed that my impulsivity increased a little after too, um, especially going into high school because my grandpa passed away my eighth grade year. Um, or was it my, yeah, my eighth grade year, so middle school and, you know, going into high school, you know, um, I'm not the type to blame it on the crowd I was kicking it with because, like, at the end of the day, like, we're all human and we all learn from each other. So, you know, I always had to hear that from principals and stuff like, yeah, it's the crowd you hang with. You guys are da 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 da, but really, it'd be a lot, a lot of shit going on that we just don't know how to express ourselves, especially at that age. Schools don't even teach mental health. They don't, they they don't teach you these courses. They don't teach you how to cope healthy. They don't teach you how adverse coping can really impact you mentally, emotionally, and etc. And you know, now looking back at it. <laughs> In the past, now I can just realize, like, my anger stemmed a lot from grief and loss, you know, not feeling like, you know, death is just constant. Like, my grandpa passed away, but before my grandpa passed away, my uncle Bebo, he passed away, and that took a toll on the family. And it's just like, it's just so much overwhelmed emotions going on that it's like, it's just hard for a kid, especially a kid to, like, take on. And the anger ends up, you know, leading me into like punching, punching on walls or being defiant in class. And, you know, um, just kind of just like, you know, not following the rules, just feeling, you know, misguided, no direction, just trying to figure, figure life out a little bit. And I can tell you anger definitely played a role in that dealing with a lot of grief and loss. It's like, it's just pent up, it's bottled up. It's not often that I'm expressing myself at the time to anybody. So, the littlest thing or it could be the next biggest thing to just blow the fuse and next you know it now i'm i'm this this kid doing too much in school and it's jeopardizing my education etc so 
definitely anger is a stage that you'll go through. Anger isn't always like punching on walls and stuff. Anger can be displayed in many ways. It can be displayed subtle, but the feeling is so overt. Let's go into stage three. Bargaining. Okay, so um, let's see the definition that they give you here. They say bargaining is, uh, they say it's the what if and the if only statements. That's the definition that they're giving here on Healthline. So uh, I can give y'all an example of myself again. Um, like my boy Dre just passed away before uh, Thanksgiving. So it's a, it's a fresh wound on the family. It's a fresh wound on all of us that he has been involved in the, in the lives that he has been involved in. Um, he's, he's definitely been a great asset in my life. Uh, very supportive, always been supportive, always been a cool, chill, laid back brother. Um, there's nothing negative you can really say about this man. You feel me? His energy was always right. Like his energy was always about vibes, like positive vibes. He's always been about that. And you know, the bargaining stage was just like, damn, like you, you start thinking like, what could I have done more? Like I should have hit him up yesterday or I should have talked to him yesterday or I should have called him. That's the bargaining stage. Like it's a lot of the what ifs, like what if, uh, you know, what if I had called him and said, or, or if I had sent him this beat or if I had did this or did that to avoid a situation. And really that's just the guilt, you know, the what if statements, like you'll be playing that every day you know you'll you'll always have the what ifs coming to mind when you're dealing with grief and loss like especially when you lose somebody really close to you you know you always have that what if like what if i just caught them what if i what if i uh came over when they asked me to what if i did this a b and c and it's like you can play that game all day and so so are the others that are also impacted by the loss and the grief that they're dealing with and it's just like we have to find ways to know that we have to find ways to manage that, you know, like we can't solely put the blame on us. It's just that life happens and we just have to accept it for what it is. But moving on from it, I don't believe in moving on from it. I believe that we can move along with it. You know what I'm saying? So that's an example of bargaining. Stage four, depression definitely is a key element to to grief and loss like I've dealt with depression to the point where I did feel suicidal I, I had suicidal thoughts now remind you feeling suicidal like I didn't I didn't have the um intent to do it like you know what I'm saying like I had the ideations like I just had thoughts you feel me and the thoughts would come up because I'm depressed as hell like I've lost somebody that's close to me I'm sitting here I can cry all day you know I can let tears run down my face but it but the void is still there, you know? And I just have to sit there and reflect and accept that this is life, you know? And when you're a kid, oh my God, it's depressing. You know, um, I mean, let's, let's just go ahead and throw out many scenarios. Like, you know, you lose your favorite grandparent, you know, you lose, you lose somebody that you truly love. That was, um, that was the, 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 the connectedness of the family, you know, you losing the person that, that was a blessing in your life every time you was in their presence and they're gone, you know, and you have to sit with that. Like, yeah, my grandpa's been gone for years, but it's like, I'm still not over that. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's just something that I'm not going to be over, you know, talking about it just makes me sad. Like 
that's my pops. You know, that's my papa right there. That's, you know, and it's just like, it, it gets my, it gets these thoughts running in my head. Like, oh, eventually my mom and dad isn't going to be in my life. How am I going to deal with that? You know, and I'm sitting with these thoughts and it just makes me depressed. <laughs> I ain't going to lie. Like it, it, it can make you depressed, you know? So stage four for show, um, is definitely like a, is is definitely a, an impact that that can really damage us. You know what I'm saying? Like depression is real, y'all. It's 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 not a fashion, okay? It's not an aesthetic, all right? It's none of that shit. Like it's pain. You know, it's a it's a pain that a lot of the older generation don't understand that us, the younger generation, we're more in tune with emo with our emotions now. Like. Like you can hear it in the music, you know, you can hear it, you can see it in the movies, you can see it in the art, you can see it in the ways we talk about social problems and social topics. We're more in tune with our emotions. Mental health has been more prominent now than it was ever back then because of the limited access it was back then, you know. And I spoke about that on my very first episode of Underlying Perceptions, you know. It's like not everybody could afford it, it was really for the white man at that time. And now that it's becoming multicultural, where we're having everybody from every culture partaking in mental health and helping out their culture and helping out others in need, man, I can tell you that depression is really an all-time high. Like it's at an all-time high. Like we we are at like we are like the most depressed. Like we're in that state, that mind state, being the most depressed group of people <laughs> during this time period. You know, and that's what this platform is really for. It's like, I feel like it's just healthier to just be able to psychoeducate. And it's also, you know, look at it as free therapy. I'm not, I'm nobody's therapist, just, but this is therapy for me. And I hope anybody tuning in and listening to this is, you know, is gaining something from it or, you know, because we all going through this, through, through these tough times together in different ways, you know, uh, yeah, you know, not everybody believes in religion or in religious, um, you know, or spirituality. Not e not everybody has to be in, uh, believe the same thing, you know. But I do believe that as humans, we we can see we're all hurting, you know, and it's time for us to really step up and fix that, change that. Like, they, you know, they say one man can change the world, one woman can change the world. Like, that's facts. Like. We all just have to move in unison with this, you know, make it a movement to better ourselves mentally, man. I'll tell you, the world the world can be better, you know. RP to all the lost souls at the Astroworld event, um, even the shooting recently, uh, I, believe, um, I believe it was in Michigan. Um, please, you know pay your respects to the families in this tough time. These memes and all them, these little jokes and these little TikToks trying to make light of the situation. It's just, it's a time and place for everything, man. Like these, these times is getting hard on everybody. You feel me? Like I said, people grieve differently. So it may be in jokes. I, I understand that too, but like, this is just a time. It's a sensitive time period. Like, you know, you have to really think about like, and this also, this is still on the stage four of depression, y'all. I'm still talking about the depression. Like, you know, think about 
the nine-year-old boy and, and many others that had lost their lives at the Astral World, and you're not going to see them again. The school shooting, you think your kids are going to school to get an education, to learn. You think this is a safe place for them to be at while you're, you're at work or while you're taking care of uh, adult duties. You, you, you would expect your kids to be safe and then just to know that they're getting killed. And we, America has an issue with, this, with these mass shootings in schools, you know, mass shootings in general. But in these schools, like, it's, uh, I'm just going to say it, it's fucked up like i can't imagine like you know my, my son gonna be going to school many other kids my nieces and nephews and the younger generation our younger generation is going to be going to school and once again these these things can put you in a mindset like it can make you post-traumatic it can make you depressed it can raise your anxiety it can have you over generalize a lot in life it can make you over catastrophize things it can make you look at life black or white like it can really cause a cognitive distortion um when you see all all these killings when you see when you're dealing with all this grief and loss when you're just living in life in general dealing with trauma it's just that you're going to experience these stages of grief denial anger bargaining you're going to deal with depression you know you may be able to deal with it in a better way than others, and some may let it cripple them, and it becomes chronic depression, you know? So, like I said, everybody's affected by grief and loss differently, and we are in sensitive times, and I think it's time for us to kind of change the narrative, change the roles, and, and if you know you can make a difference in somebody's life, do so. If you know somebody is going through something tough, check on them, you know, because Planet Earth, we're all we got. Family, we're all we got. You know what I'm saying? The lack of love in this world is 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 showing. And it's showing in ways where it's taking out our youngins. It's showing in ways where it's it's putting family it's breaking up families. You know, we could talk about grief and loss and the aspect of how it's impacting families. You know, now families are segregating. Families aren't holding reunions together. Families are no longer laughing as much as they did in the past. Families are no longer what it used to be. Now, people are being affected differently. Everybody's going through a mental battle and trying to keep it together for their family, but it's it's difficult. And everybody is going through something, but not everybody's going to voice it, you know? And I feel like grief and loss is something that we do have to learn to embrace. It's, it's a healing process is nothing that's going to happen overnight. The process of healing is something you have to embrace. And that means you're going to have to go through the worst and you're going to see some great times, but you're going to have to go through the worst regardless. The last stage of grief, acceptance, which is uh, kind of what I was you know, tackling on. Um, I can say that, you know, my grandpa gone, my uncle gone. My grand, my grandpa-in-law, he gone, and I've talked to him uh, multiple times. You know, it's like that's my grandpa too. You know what I'm saying? And when I see him pass away, it's like you know I'm there for my wife, I'm there for the family, and it's just like, but it's true. It's like I feel the void too. You know, like losing people is just it's tough. It's just something you just can't get over, but you have to learn to accept it, and eventually. 
we reach that stage. It's stage five. Eventually, we'll reach that stage. It can happen in two years, three years, a decade. It may never happen. But as long as you embrace the process of healing, you will reach stage five. You know, you will reach it. And accepting grief and loss is in in an um, aspect, like, let's say, speaking on death, right, is that instead of not accepting it, being still in the denial stage, the anger, depression, the bargaining phase, I'm accepting it. I'm I'm moving along with it. I'm I'm embracing the fact that, yeah, they're not here, but I'm living for them. Paying visits to the tombstone is a spiritual connectedness. Talking to them is a spiritual connectedness. You know, keeping their name alive, that's a spiritual connectedness, you know. Those sharing memories, like constantly posting videos and, and, and just sharing memories of that person is the spiritual connectedness, you know. And that's how they live through, you know. That's how they, they continue to live. That's where the immortality kicks in is the impact they, they left before they left. You will always live on. That's why we say long live, live forever, and et cetera. We have all these sayings to say that you are still here. That's your immortality. It's the impact you leave on people before you go. So to everybody out there that is dealing with grief and loss, Kariga is here at Underlying Perceptions letting you know that I, I'm here with you, and I do wish the best for y'all. Um, and, you know, I'm a God-fearing man, so. I, I I believe in God. I believe in God, you know, and I do believe that the universe speaks to me in ways where it's like everything just connects, you know, everything happens for a reason. That's the I, I believe the universe communicates with you, you know, and, and and that's God, you know, that's ubiquitous, you know what I'm saying? So those are the five stages of grief. Um I would say the I think the first the first time I can remember of me experiencing grief was the very first funeral I went to, which was my great grandma, my mom's grandma, whom tends to be my mom's favorite person, was my mom's favorite person. She admired her grandma. She loved her grandma, you know. And just hearing my mom share stories and even being there when I was young and seeing her blow her birthday cake and stuff like that, like those were beautiful times, and I, I see the happiness on my mom's face when she's around her. So I was like, man. But I'm remind you, I'm I'm young. I'm I'm little. I'm like elementary. I, I forget how young, but I was really young. And I just remember my mom had me and my sister sit in the back of the funeral, uh, the back of the church. And then my mom was crying. Like I, I wasn't crying at the fact that I'm at a funeral because I'm confused. I don't even know where I'm at. Really, I don't I don't understand the concept right now, but I feel my mom's energy and I see my dad grabbing my mom and holding her tight. And he, he, you know, he's helping her up because my mom is, you know, she's feeling this, this, this grief. She's dealing with this grief right now and she's walking up to the casket and then I just hear her voice is crying. My aunties are crying, you know, um, family members is it is. It's like now I'm in this church room and all I hear all I hear is sorrow and I just feel the energy. So me and my sister, we looked at each other as young as we are and we just hugged each other at the back of the church because it's just us. 
my my dad is with my mom right now consoling her but we're here it's we're around family but me and me and my sister just turned to each other and we just hugged each other tight you know we really like it was just it was the energy that we felt that we knew something was gone and we just didn't know and it, and it was like when they opened the casket I see why my mom had to sit in the back she didn't want us to see but my vision was healthy enough to know that I've seen that lady before and I don't know why she is laying in that box. That was my first time dealing with grief and loss because my mom was dealing with grief and loss and then it led me to understand the concept of death. So, yes, it's a human experience to deal with grief and loss no matter what age. So... That's that's just something I want to dis- disclose. That was um, the topic of the day was, you know, grief and loss. And I felt like it was just good to just talk about the five stages and, you know, just disclosing my life and my experiences with grief and loss, you know, because we all we all have a story. We all have a testimony. You know, we all dealing with this. So that is exactly why I wanted to talk about it today. And. Please go on my website at www.xcariga.com. Um, click on the knowledge tab. And I call it knowledge because that is what I'm giving. It's a lot of psychoeducation on, on um, heavy topics. And uh, I, I keep it updated weekly. I'm always dropping weekly. So every week you're going to see a new write-up. I'll post about it. Um, I did write about grief and loss. So you can go ahead and you know pick my brain a little bit and see my perspective on grief and loss um, and many other topics that I had touched base on. But once again, my heart is with everybody out there dealing with grief and loss during this tough time. And y'all going to get through it. I'm, I'm going to say that loud and clear. Y'all going to reach stage five and y'all going to get through it, but do not rush the healing process. Embrace those feelings and express yourself in, in ways where you don't have to let it lead to adverse coping. So, that is what I wanted to tell you guys today. So I'm, I'm, I just want to let y'all know y'all can find me on every social media at xcariga. That's X-C-A-R-I-G-A. Um, website is xcariga.com. Um, and once again, y'all, you know the motto, be real. You don't have to be perfect, okay? Because uh, I don't believe a perfect world exists. I feel like this is just where it's at. This is perfect for us, but as long as you be real with yourself, your life will be much easier. Life will be more understanding. Your perspective will widen a lot more, much more. So thank you guys for tuning in. I'm um, in this in this segment with a song called Ubiquitous. You know, um, I wrote this song because, uh, you know, my brother-in-law and uh, sister-in-law, you know, they were uh, dealing with the loss of a close friend that, that's family. Actually, family, not a close friend, family. And, you know, uh, I was like, you know, I'm going to write a song about our lost loved ones. It's necessary. <laughs> I I, I want to write a song to all our lost loved ones. I want to have that song to where it's for them. This, this song will always be for our lost loved ones. And I named it Ubiquitous, which means... Everywhere existence, you know, an example is God is ubiquitous. You know, you don't see him, but he's everywhere, you know. And even though the people that I cherish is in here with me today and they're in the afterlife, you know, in whatever life 
that may be for them after this, you know, they're still here with us. I, I believe that truly. And that is ubiquitous. So thank you guys for tuning in. Much love and blessings to all of y'all. Keep y'all head up during these tough times. We're going to make it through. And uh, take care, and I'll see y'all next week. There's a light at the end of every tunnel. The void feels permanent, losing a loved one. If I can hear your voice again, that will mean much. Death is inevitable, but yet I need you. The pain that I'm holding inside is breaking me up. The only thing immortal here is the memory and your spirit. Because when I've been, I know you hearing me. The conversations that we had, I hold dear to me. Damn, can't nobody really match your energy. I can no longer look you in the eye. Speaking about this shit alone made me cry. Feeling left without you here by my side. Now I'm sitting here asking God why. Now the only thing left for me to do is to continue living strong without you. And share the memories of us as my truth. And if you hear me, I forever love you.